Forced Migration Review, Issue 54, February 2017, U.S. Refugee Exclusion Practices, by Catherine Knight. The issue of material support provided to an organization deemed to be involved in terrorism has been fraught with contention in U.S. immigration law circles, most often over the issue of support provided under Duras. The average time between a refugee being referred to the United States Refugee Admissions Program by the UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, and when they arrive in the United States is 18 to 24 months. During this time, a myriad of governmental agencies conduct security screenings, health clearances, and interviews, all aimed at determining whether this particular individual is acceptable to admit into the U.S. Even with this multi-layered vetting in place, there have been repeated calls from U.S. citizens and elected politicians alike to suspend the refugee admissions program in the name of national security. The validity of the fear behind these calls is not statistically supported. An exceedingly small fraction of the hundreds of thousands of refugees resettled in the U.S. have been arrested on terrorism-related charges. Barring someone who has assisted a terrorist organization appears to be a practical measure towards ensuring national security, but a deeper look at the definitions contained in the Immigration and Naturalization Act, INA, reveals the flaws within this legislation. Quote, engaging in terrorist activity means committing an act that, quote, the actor knows or reasonably should know, affords material support, including a safe house, transportation, communication, funds, transfer of funds, or other material financial benefit, end quote, to a terrorist organization or to a member of such an organization. The Act's definition of terrorist organization covers 60 Tier 1 foreign terrorist organizations, and note 1, including ISIL, Islamic State, and Boko Haram, the list of Tier 2 individuals and organizations such as the Ulster Defense Association and the Real IRA, and Tier 3 organizations, which consist of, quote, a group of two or more individuals, whether organized or not, which engages in or has a subgroup which engages in terrorist activities, end quote. Given these definitions, a Sri Lankan man who cooks, provides small payments, and performs manual labor after being kidnapped by the Liberation Tigers of Tamil Elam has provided support to a terrorist organization. So, too, have the Salvadoran man who avoided execution by allowing FMLN rebels to use his kitchen and giving them directions when required, and the Colombian businesswoman who provided foodstuffs and supplies from her shop in response to threats by the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, FARC. Her shop and her hotel were indeed later destroyed by the FARC despite her acceding to their demands. And note too. These three individuals were all deemed inadmissible. In an effort to address the injustice of people being denied humanitarian protection despite posing no real threat to U.S. national security and, in fact, being victims of the same terrorist groups we judge as a threat, the INA permits the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Homeland Security to waive the terrorism-related inadmissibility grounds in certain circumstances. Since these waivers are solely discretionary, attempts to appeal Department of Homeland Security DHS decisions through the judicial system have been largely unsuccessful. 
In 2004, the vast majority of material support waivers issued, 816 in total, excused actions taken while the applicant was under duress or coercion. 652 of those waivers went to applicants for resettlement, only 14 to asylum seekers. With U.S. immigration rhetoric so focused on vetting, screening, and verifying migrants, it is perhaps unsurprising that where such waivers are granted, it tends to be in the context of resettlement before individuals enter the country. In the event that the DHS declines to issue a material support waiver, the consequences may be much less acute for a pre-admission applicant who could be redirected for resettlement elsewhere. If an asylum seeker is denied a waiver after they are in the U.S., they cannot be granted legal admission, even if their persecution claims are valid. Catherine Knight, knight01 at qub.ac.uk Ph.D. student, Queen's University, Belfast, www.qub.ac.uk Endnotes Endnote 1 www.state.gov slash j slash ct slash rls slash other slash des slash 123085.htm Endnote 2 All actual cases not fabricated for illustrative purposes. FMR is an open access publication. You are free to download, copy, distribute, or link to this article, as long as it is for non-commercial purposes, and the author and FMR are attributed. All articles published in FMR are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License.